What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Do a Podcast. I'm Ryan. Oh, I'm Anthony. And oh, my Lanta. I think it's going to be hard to beat our first episode. I think we started off with a strong one on purpose just to torture ourselves. Yeah, because we knew we would never, yeah, we would never be able to do what we just did. Which is watch a good movie and have some really good beer. So, well, at least up. you got the good beer part down, right? Yeah, buckle up, Buttercups, because it goes downhill from here. So, anyways, guys, welcome to another episode. We are excited to be hanging out with you guys. Uh, of course, before we go too much further in, let's talk about what we're gonna drink because I'm ready to have a beer. So, as I mentioned last time, I went and visited Rogue. Uh, I think it's called like Rogue Ale. Yeah, Rogue Ales is actually the name of it. So we've actually had their beer on our podcast before, which was uh, Bat Squatch. Or, no. Oh, I'll have to find it. I can't remember now. Is it the one with, like, a skeleton on it? Oh, my gosh. So uh, I'll look I know, it up. I've seen their stuff, I just I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. whenever Anthony's talking, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, I totally blanked. But, um... Anyway, so we went there, visited, and I got the Rogue Neon Snowpocalypse. So the can, I love the can so much. It's so cool. Um, but it is a Imperial Cold IPA, 8.2% APV, uh, 50 IBUs, and about an average rating of like 3.89 on Untapped. Um, so this, I've actually already had this one before, but I thought it was perfect for the podcast because you guys just went through a snowpocalypse, so. We did. Um, yeah. Got so, out of that so, one. <laughs> what, uh, what are you sipping on? I will be sipping on, uh, as our first Brew from Red Gap Brewing out of Cisco, Texas, about an hour and a half away from the Downs Fort Worth area, and I am having their IPA that they're decently well known for, the Big Daddy Daryl IPA. And they have a entry for this on Untapped. If you were to log in Untapped, it's a, so it's an Imperial Double IPA. Uh, they say Daryl is a memorable Hereford Hereford Bowl. I can't pronounce that word. Ooh. Hereford Bowl that demands attention, strong and intimidating, with a big attitude. Igniting the legacy of Big Daddy Daryl. This double IPA was built in his legacy. Big Daddy tropical hops are added in with Big Daddy bunches to pair with sweet malt and persistent character. This is the one beer that can carry the Big Daddy Daryl title. Like, not even turning it the right way. It was like a Big big Daddy... Uh, okay, it's kind of like a thing on the back of it here. Kind of like a, oh, I guess they have little targets on here so you can place it on. Uh, I guess maybe they do target shooting uh, uh-huh. with the cans out there. And so you can put it on there and have, shoot a target at it. That's cool. interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a Big Daddy Daryl IPA out of uh, Red Gap Brewing. I've had a few Red Gap Brewing uh, beers before. I can't remember if I've had this one. I've had, uh, I, they had a special version of this that I had um, when I went to a pizza place not super long ago. Um, but they're... Uh, they're rated at a 3.79 for this beer. It's a pretty, and I've heard it's pretty good. I've had the other IPAs from Red Gap, and I'm pretty excited to try this one. So I'm going to crack this sucker open. 
Yeah. All right, that's yeah, a lot boy. better. Yeah. Okay, stuff right there. Let's see if I can do this without pouring it on my equipment. Uh, so I found the beer that we've had before from them. So it was actually, it was called Bat Squatch. So uh, if you guys watch our podcast, which you can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at just look up Let's Do a Podcast and you'll be able to see. I'm about to pull up the picture. Do you remember this? Oh, yes, we did have that. I remember now. Yeah. So this is what we had. This is the first rogue beer we've ever tried before. So I was excited whenever we um, found out that we only lived like an hour away from there. So I don't know how to display these cans because my setup does not really lend itself to that. There you go. Right, right. Blocking your face. That's how we want to see. Yeah. Um. So have you had a sip yet? What do you think? I did. It tastes like, I'll tell you what it tastes like. It tastes like hoppy and citrus and juicy and sweet and full. Or so I'm told by, uh, by untapped. So that's their full of flavor profile. I will say hoppy, pretty down citrus and juicy. Got it. Sweet. Maybe not that much. Um, full. Uh, yeah, I get a bit. Of, it's a little, it's like on the edge of being full bodied. If it was any less, it'd be not full, but. Yeah, <clears throat> it's so far it's hitting the taste buds the right way. So got that imperial. It's got that imperial bite to it. So yeah, that's what I was about to say. But mine too. It definitely has that very big imperial feel. Um, it's for you know imperial is usually on the heavier side, and it, you definitely kind of feel that. But I do like the imperial cold IPA fitness. It, it's it's so different, but at the same time, it's so familiar of a drink. So, um, of course, as time goes on and we finish this, if we remember, we'll rate it and talk about it a little bit more. Um, I'm surprised. We remember last time, so I was pretty yeah, happy about that. Yeah. yeah, first time back, boom, remembered. Um, so, Anthony, what beer stuff do you have going around the DFW? So, beer stuff going on... I have, I had it, and then I, okay, I do have it. Okay, so today being the day it is, we are now looking at stuff going on late February, early March, and into April. So Festival of Darkness coming up on the 25th. Uh, I'm hoping to make my way out there. So February 25th, Festival of Darkness out at Tufts and McKinney. Uh, it's always a good time there. Um, they usually uh, release a uh, uh, release, uh, stout speci specifically for that event. Um, and uh, they always have like the full, their full-grown series out there too, and that's always good stuff as well. Um, I'm not sure. I have to check on this, but I, they may be – if they're not out if – if it's not up and going yet, their new facility should be up and going soon. Uh, they've been busting yeah. their hump getting that facility going. So uh, if, it's, if it's anywhere near as good as Community's new place, it's going to be freaking popping. I was be happy to go to Tups and not be outside in the freaking ninety degree heat. So that's yeah, that's the one reason I don't go. Other than the fact that it's on the other side of town, that's the one reason I don't go out there like super often. So, uh, see, wealth over riches session ale release party over at the Texas Ale Project downtown, and then we got the eight year anniversary party on rotation. Uh, Hot Wings Challenge at Turning Point in March fourth. Uh, 
Uh, and then Neutral Grounds, second anniversary party on April 1st. April Fools. Just kidding. <laughs> and uh, on tax day, April 15th, big Texas beer fest coming right at you. I don't know wait, if I'm going to go this one. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's always a big one. Uh, so they always have a great time out there. And uh, I may or may not make my way out there. We shall see if I get myself some tickets to that. Um, and then the three-year anniversary party, way over the horizon. It's on May 20th. Um, so false idol, make your way out there for that too. Put it on your calendar. False idol is always going to have a good time for you. Um, and then, yeah, good stuff on the horizon. It's like, we're already starting to see events pop up into like late spring, early summer. So mm. holy crap. I mean, it's only February, so, but still, but still. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, uh, any beer news for Oregon, so I'm still slacking. I will say it's not on the it's not on the beer fest uh, pages at all. But if you're in the Fort Worth area uh, on uh, on marathon uh, on Cowtown during the Cowtown Marathon on the 26th, freaking bars are gonna be hopping. If you go to a bar along the marathon route, they're gonna have like specials and shit for spectators. Uh, you want to get some good cheap beer? Go head out to the marathon route and just hit up some bars out there. Uh, the Cowtown Marathon website, hit it up. They got like all the different places that are celebrating. Uh, my wife and some of our friends will be uh, heading out there to cheer me on as I run the marathon, and uh, so they'll be uh, they'll be taking advantage of those, some of those specials. So I recommend it. It's uh, gonna be a good time. So nice. You get to go yell at people as they run in the street. So that's always good. Man, I'm excited for you though. I know you've been training, getting ready for this. So was yeah, <laughs> getting nervous. So we'll see how it goes. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's just it's like just under a week now. So. Yeah, you got this. Um, this is energy for running, so. There you go. <laughs> yeah, not much uh, beer-wise to report, except for still trying out local places, uh, local tap rooms. There are plenty of them. So we tried a really cool place called um, For Tomorrow We Die. Ooh. Uh, it's a really cool place. The food of it was amazing. The food was so good. Uh, the beer was really good. I actually had a beer called That's What She Said. Um, it was... Uh, what was it? It was a dark ale. And they're either really good or really bad to me personally. Uh, this one... It it teeter-tottered. <laughs> but I had to. I was like, it's a That's What She Said beer. But... Yeah. I did have a, of course, a West Coast IPA from them. I really want to go back and try the rest of their stuff. Plus, they're like right down the street. They're really close. Uh, they have cool shirts. I almost got one, but I was like, yeah, I'll wait. Like, I want to make my way around town first before I actually start buying merch to figure out who I want to buy from first. But and then we tried a really cool place. It was actually our first, I think it was our first weekend here. We actually went and tried a. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say the name, but it's a Mexican style restaurant and beer. So, I mean, it was truly really good Mexican food and the beer was really, really good. Ooh. Yeah. So it was like real Mexican food and real, I feel like real Mexican beer, really. Uh, plus, like it's a full bar too. They do like uh, margarita flights and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, we're gonna have to come back over this way quite a bit. I can give me some margarita flights. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, we're trying to find a lot of places too that that are fun because not just breweries, but also you know just things to do. Because I know that we'll have family coming up and friends coming up. It's like find things for us all to do that are fun. And we found we haven't gone yet, but there's like a cool. Um, uh, so you know, free play arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one of it's it's not a free play, but it's just like that called I think it's like Coin Jam or something like that. Uh, it's the exact same concept. So we're gonna go check that out, and um, yeah, that's pretty much like most of my beer news. It's gonna be just me talking about the breweries that we've gone to and the stuff around that we've been doing, because at least until I find it, discovered, yeah, yeah, until until I find a good. Uh, website to help me figure out what's going on in Oregon beer wise. Get plugged um, into the Oregon beer scene. Yeah. Slowly, that's for sure. Um mo- movie? Movie. Okay. I always forget what's next. Alright, so let's, let's talk about this one. This week we Humanity Bureau. Humanity Bureau. <laughs> uh this was enjoying this Huh? <laughs> Are you enjoying this whole thing? Uh, so far, it's been pretty great. It's productive. We can remember what we're talking about. So yeah, this is definitely more read uh uh legible than the last one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, just kind of scribbled it up there. Yeah. Uh, so this is a 2007, of course, Nicolas Cage film. Uh, it's a thriller set in the year 2030, where it seems like the world is permanent state of economic recession and facing serious environmental problems as a result of global warming. That's the synopsis off of IMDb. Um, it's, yeah, I didn't get that impression from the beginning of the movie. No, uh, I don't really feel like that's very accurate. So, yeah. Uh, what's up, IMDb? Like, come on, man. But the impression I got was that is basically it's like not to get political, but it's a political answer. It's like I, the impression I got was like the world was this way because Trump fucked shit up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's pretty much "Make America Great Again" posters up on this. Uh, on in one scene, did you notice it? There's a "Make oh, America." Well, there was that, and there was a guy that was a picture at a picture with a dinner in, in a dinner with Trump. Yeah, and I was just like. This is kind of a weird thing, but okay, I guess this is where we're going. Uh, so yeah, pretty much that's what it felt like is a very political thing of a, of course, a, a meltdown of the environment. Um, and Nicolas Cage's job is to go assess people that are like pulling their weight in the, um, uh, the U.S. Yeah, United society, States. Yeah. And productive citizens. Yeah, yeah, the people that aren't go to, what's it called? Eden? New Eden. New Eden, which we find out is just, they kill them, so. Yeah, not not what it appears to be. Yeah, um, I feel like that's almost a better synopsis than what I just read, because that didn't make very much sense. Um... So, yeah, like I said, this was in 2017. Actually, I think earlier I said 2007, but it's 2017. It feels like it was made in 2007. <laughs> they must have had a very low budget. Um, yeah, I found the uh, I found certain elements of this of this world, the world building I did. Furious. 
somebody as somebody who doesn't necessarily work for the government but works with government agencies, I found some of the choices of this government agency in a post-apocalyptic scenario interesting and implausible. <laughs> yeah. It's like number one, and this is probably getting. I'm not gonna get too deep into it because we gotta we gotta have something to talk about when we talk about things we like and dislike. Uh, but uh, that font they had for the Humanity Bureau. It's the same font for uh, what's that? Fruit Ninja. It was like the same font they used for Fruit Ninja. <laughs> yeah. Humanity Bureau, brought to you by the makers of Fruit Ninja. <laughs> exactly. Um. It, it, it. So I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like we've seen this movie before. I know that we haven't seen this actual movie, but there's just things about it where I'm like, I feel like we've seen this before. Um, oh, I kept thinking of uh, while this movie was going on. I kept thinking of uh, uh, Equilibrium. Yes, I, I think that's. I think that's probably what I was thinking too. Um, I kept thinking to myself, Nick Cage would have been really good in Equilibrium. Yeah, he really. <laughs> I think he really would have. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Christian Bale was good, but Equilibrium would have been pretty good. Uh, he would have been good in that too. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I guess it's similar because you have like the whole thing where you have the guy who's like starting to doubt his reality, and then you have the boss who's like an asshole about it. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what I meant. Of just like, of like we've seen it before because I couldn't remember what movie that we've seen that felt a lot like this movie, but this movie just felt like a worse version of it, uh, a cheaper, yeah, just not as good version. Yeah, did we do Gattaca not super long ago too? Maybe, maybe. It's the one where like the guy like, I can look on like, our, he, like pretends to be somebody else so he can go to space. I can work on our uh letterbox. So what's yeah, called again? Uh Gattaca. Where like the guy he like uh he's like anyways, I felt like it was again another one of those dystopian things where like it's like basically it's not quite as simple a overlay as equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Equilibrium is like 100% almost the same thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I felt like it was like that same feel, the same vibe in uh, Gattaca as well, where it's just like yeah. you have somebody yeah. who's just kind of like up trying to upset the system. Uh, now, Gattaca is a little more for selfish, selfish reasons, but I, I feel like this is kind of this is more selfish as well. The, the shit he does in this one then versus in equilibrium where it's more altruistic for society. Yeah. Uh, the, the altruism just kind of comes incidentally for Nicholas Cage in this one. So. Yeah. I, I think what's hard is like whenever you see what they're wanting to do and where they're wanting to go and they just don't hit that mark. Yeah. I, like, it's like you can see the potential of a movie but they just don't get there quite where they're wanting to go. It's like, I don't know if maybe it's the funding issue or is it the writing issue? Is it the, the actors? Like, I don't know. I just feel like they, there was a lot of potential for this. Um, you mean the fact that it, they use like an L 1970s El Camino as the main car in the movie doesn't show that they don't have that much money in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's what's always hard for me is whenever you see the potential of a movie and it just isn't that great. Yeah. 
Um, it's very 1990s-ish of it, though. Because the other thing was, like, they talk about how, like, nothing's been produced in the past 30 years or however long uh, since the uh, environmental apocalypse has occurred. Uh, and uh, and that explains why people are driving, like, old-ass cars from, like, the 1970s and whatnot. And yeah. it's, like, it really struck me similar to, you remember, if you remember... Uh, demolition man going back to that movie mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah the only restaurant we have is uh taco bell so yeah that explains why everybody's eating taco bell it's not because of a sponsorship deal or anything so <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, yeah so it, there was definitely unique unique things about it but yeah i just feel like maybe i don't know again it, it's hard whenever you're like i've seen this movie haven't i seen this movie why am i watching this movie again just a worse version of it. We're getting into the ter- territory where a lot of these tropes are starting to repeat for us. It's it's going to happen more and more often, Ryan. I'm sorry. I know. We've, we've doomed ourselves. <laughs> That's true. So, um, all right. Anything, any highlight moments that you want to talk about before we do the likes and dislikes? Uh, so... Again, getting not to get too much in the territory of likes and dislikes, but the uh, the 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 main bad guy, the bald asshole boss friend yeah. guy. I feel like so. I feel like he was like kind of a douchebag, and then he got a eye patch, and he became straight up evil. I, and I felt like, oh, eye patch, eye patch equals evil. A uh, cool, all right, yeah, yeah, easy. And then Agent Porter, the the guy that's like always there. He doesn't know how to swim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It, it it bugs me that they made him a total, like, doofus. I feel like that part was written for... I feel like that part was written for, like, uh, Keenan... Uh, was like, uh, Keenan... Uh, what's his face on Saturday Night Live? Like, oh, from uh, yeah. Yeah. The last name is... I'm blinking on it. Yeah, I can't. Keenan, Keenan. I'm dying over here. My head stopped working. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, for some reason, getting the eye patch was just like... Thompson. Yeah. Huh? Keenan Thompson. Thompson, that's right. But yeah, the, the eye patch is immediate super bad guy, so... Um, it's a little, like, I don't know. I don't like the whole Holocaust feel, too, of how they killed everybody. It's very, you know, so they, they don't really reveal what it is. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I felt like I had a, when they, when they like show that he, when, when he learns what it is, they don't show us what it is, but I was like, all right, they're sending people off to this place called New Eden. He learns about New Eden. He's like, oh my God, what have we done? It's like, all right, cool. We're, they're killing them. You can just assume that's what's happening. And that's why he kind of does what he does. He doesn't do it for any... Oh. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what you thought when what, what what you thought was going on when he saw that. I was like, oh, they're just killing everybody who goes to New Eden. Well, eventually he does show what it is. Yeah, but like, in, but like in the first like thirty minutes, they're like, oh. he's like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, you knew. Oh, they kill people. Yeah. But yeah, whenever you learn it's like the Holocaust kind of thing of like they put them in a bunch of chambers and stuff like that. I'm just like, I don't know. It's just too soon. Yeah. It's uh, basically an industrialized like execution complex or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 
yeah it, it it's very, so it's, weird but i mean very, very fascist i mean it's, it's hitting on the fact that like the, the the government's become like this fascistic thing i mean they're not very subtle about it <laughs> at all they, so. no, they're for sure like yeah there's uh definitely political stuff in this um all right so let's go ahead and let's move on to the things that we liked and disliked so let's talk about the things we liked since the last episode we started the opposite so the thing that i liked most about this movie um i actually really really enjoyed the um i just had it in my head Oh my god. Just like the the old timey feel of it. Like obviously the CGI stuff it was terrible. I, it was so bad. Uh but I do like that it was an El Camino and just like some of the old cars and just like some of the old things that they put here and here. But I didn't realize what year this was supposed to be where it doesn't quite make sense. It's the year 2030. There's no way a lot of this stuff should be there. Yeah, I was wondering about that because they were like, he was like saying, no car, no, didn't he say at one point, no new cars have been made in the past 30 years? Something like that. Yeah. And, and so, like, yeah. So, a lot of these cars are way older than that. Like, like for us, they're all really old cars and we're in 20, uh, no, we're in, <laughs> what year are we in? 2030? 2023? Where are you, Ryan? Have you, are you, are you okay? Did the, did the neon uh, oh. IPA get you there? <laughs> um, yikes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know. The, I guess the, the stuff that was in the movie is already old for us right now, but in the year 2030, that's, like, impossible for that stuff to be working right now. Well, I would, I would, I would counter with uh, if you think of like uh, somewhere like Cuba, where they have like they've not gotten access to a lot of like new cars, and they're still like so it's like the year twenty twenty three, and they're still rocking like nineteen fifties style like nineteen fifties cars because they've just been keeping those things going. So I'd say that's anything true. like before like nineteen eighties, like that's just like straight like that hasn't like doesn't have like computers and stuff in it. They could probably keep that stuff running like forever as long as you keep getting parts for it. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, so, I mean, it kind of turned into the thing I didn't like. But I did like kind of just the whole feel of, like, we don't have new stuff, even though we're in the future. And just, I don't know. Like, I kind of, even though I liked the feel, I kind of didn't like the feel. But, sadly, that that's, that's what I liked. <laughs> it's interesting to me, because, like, they, but they're, like, talking about that the timelines don't really seem to lay, lay over each other all that well. Because it's like, okay, it's like... 20, 2017 is when the movie was made. 2030 is when this movie's happening. So it's like a 13-year jump. Uh, but, like, all the flashbacks we get is to when, like, Nick Cage is, like, not just, like, a kid, but, like, a little kid. Yeah. Which gives you the impression that this is, like, maybe just before the... So I thought maybe it was, like, nuclear war going on, or uh, it turns out maybe it was just, like, uh, power, nuclear power plants melted down. So there's, like, hi, they're, like... Rumors of like high radiation areas and all this other stuff. I mean, with IMDb, it says just global warming. Yeah, but that's they did. They did. They, there's a there's a point in the beginning of the movie where they talk about like there's like civil war and stuff like that. Yeah. 
This all takes place in like Nevada and California, so yeah, at least in the beginning. So, but uh, I don't know. The thing uh, is, uh, was it the thing? The thing I liked, or is the thing I didn't like? You like thing I liked about the movie. Uh, the thing I liked about the movie. So I did. I did like one particular plot element, um, and I I liked the whole twist where we did learn uh, the, the, in the lead up to learning that the kid uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, uh, Lucas is actually Nick Cage's son. That part I didn't really particularly care about, but it's the whole thing where uh, Rachel turns out to be uh, she uh, turns out to be to have stolen the identity of his uh the mother of his child baby mama yeah I, so i thought that whole thing was interesting because like he didn't i guess he didn't know prior to this so I, I, I don't know we don't get any a lot of background as to how he ended up on this case and what his thoughts were going into this case prior uh but uh him learning that there's it's just like no clue that he knows her prior but it's, I do find it interesting that, that uh, it's they they do know each other, even though there's no indication. Okay, this is quickly <laughs> this is turning into something I don't like about the movie now. The more I think about it, the less it less it works. That's how but mine yeah. was. Yeah, it's like man, I thought too hard about it. Now I don't like it anymore. Dang it! Oh man, I like the German guy. The German guy was fun. I changed my answer. Yeah. He was fine. Yeah. The, the whole the whole uh, things because it started out as kind of like brigands uh, up there as people as they were driving up to like Montana to cross the border um, uh, after they trade their uh, El Camino to the lady for the station wagon. And so the uh, the German dude, I thought it was really interesting because he's like, oh, yeah, my family was over here on vacation. And then, you know, shit went down and hey, now I live here. So. Well. And so I I thought that was kind of interesting. I would I would love to see more about that guy's backstory because that would have been interesting. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is I feel like they introduced people where I'm like, I would like to follow you. Yeah, it's like your story would be more interesting than this. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So I guess let's talk about the thing that we dislike the most because obviously that's where everything goes to. <laughs> I can't think about anything in this movie too hard. I'm just gonna not like it. Yeah. Uh. So. Now that we talked about it, the thing that I dislike the most is how timelines don't add up. <laughs> no, they do not. Um, and just, I mean, again, like, so the timelines don't add up. The the story, I guarantee in one way, shape, or form, you've seen it before. Um, honestly, there's nothing unique about this movie. It just, in my opinion, there's absolutely nothing about this movie that is unique enough for me to actually care about it. So there's my uh, dislike. And it's bummer because this movie is actually, this movie seems to be trying pretty hard, but it's just like, it's just not, just not fully cooked, I guess. Yeah. Like I, it didn't commit the curtain. It didn't, I don't think it quite committed the cardinal sin of boring me. Cause there was like enough there that I was like, like, I didn't. I didn't hit on this and things I'm like, but the vil the villain, while cartoonish, was interesting 
Yeah. Because like there was a whole, okay. So this is like the bit I did. Okay. I'm breaking form here. The thing I did like is that there's a whole bit where, uh, where, uh, Westinghouse, uh, the, the bald guy with the eye patch, he does say to, uh, his, uh, new deputy after, uh, Noah cross, like dumps them for running away for the border. He does say, uh, something very self-aware. He's like, we're on the wrong side of history. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, damn straight, you're on the wrong side of history. But it's like very rare for like the bad guy to realize he's wrong. Uh, but he, but he also is like of the inertia of what he's doing. He's still gonna keep doing it because he knows. I mean, he's kind of cowardly in that respect. That if he does, if he stops and joins the other side, that he's gonna get. He's probably gonna get killed. So he won't switch sides because he's afraid. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's not, he's not driven out of conviction. He's driven out of fear, which makes him a very kind of, uh, very, and again, we don't get to see too much of him, uh, to get this, but he's, it makes him more nuanced as a, a bad guy. And it kind of explains some of his actions a little bit and makes it a little more tragic that he gets killed in the end, even though, cause like, he's like, cause he like is letting the boy go at the end, you know, um, uh, even though he kills, uh, Rachel and he kills Noah, uh, I think more out of pure spite than anything else at the end uh but yeah the things i didn't like about the movie it's like it's like the movie i feel like it was a good concept that they could have done more with but it's like whether it be limited by budget or whether limited by uh limited by just the capabilities of the writers of the film or the producers uh meddling what have you it's just that it they didn't it ended up becoming just like any other post-apocalyptic uh movie uh, like as like uh, another movie, this could be very similar to is like uh, that uh, another movie that did this a lot better that could, this you could be compared to is Logan, mm-hmm. uh, where they like have to like escape to the border, so they're like just traveling, uh, yeah. in like a series of like more and more rundown cars to like to the point where they just need to cross the border to get to Canada, uh, and so that's another one that this is very similar to, uh, yeah, and and that movie did it way better, uh, because again. You have like uh, Hugh Jackman, like bringing it. Patrick Stewart bringing it. It's like Nick yeah. Cage. Nick Cage commits. He commits to every role he's in. But it's like you can only work with you can only work with the material that you're given. So yeah, if you're yeah, given, no, I yeah, I definitely don't fault Nicolas Cage for the failure yeah, yeah. of this movie. This was beyond him. Oh yeah, it's like if you're you, you can't you, they can't give you they can't tell you to build a house and give you nothing but like a pile of like poop, you know? Yeah, it's like, and like it's gonna be a crappy house. So yeah, and again, like I, I think that was the biggest fall of this movie was we all in one way, shape, or form have seen this movie before. Yeah. Um. And but like you said, is like you see the potential that it could be. And it almost makes it even more frustrating that it was so bad. <laughs> so I think that's what was so hard for me about this is just like wherever you started it and even wherever you finished it, you're thinking, man, there's so many things, even like little changes that they can make that would actually make this a not good but even like a decent film but again finishing it and all these things and like the big twists of that's his kid which you figure out almost immediately um i see i was slow on that one (laughs) (laughs) 
figure it out. It took me a minute. Um, I don't just just there was so much potential and it just fell so short. But um, okay, well, obviously we're gonna rate this pretty bad. So Anthony, how would you rate this on a scale of one to five? And we can do halves. Uh, let's say two, two and a half, two, two. I'll stick with two, two. Yeah, so it's, the story is comprehensible, so it's not like a one. Uh, but it's just like the more you think of, it's terrible because like movies like it's not because it's not like a popcorn a popcorn movie like you're like okay you don't think about it because it just goes at you so fast they feed you so much that you just like kind of go along with it. This it's it's built to kind of make you think about like like the it's it, it's kind of like an allegory for like current state of things and like how we would react in these situations. And so when you stop and turn back and think about it, it's like it just kind of like crumbles in your hands. And so yeah. it doesn't serve as that allegory very well because like as soon as like you stop and think about it, it's just like, well, that made no sense. That that doesn't work. So yeah, I think it'd be different if this was the first of its kind like that, and then all these others built off of it. But it's just like you're kind of building off of movies that have already been made that are just like this but better. So, so you, you have to step like the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. When the El Camino was like a new car. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Make it so it's 2017 and all this. And it, you know what I mean? Like the year now is 2017 and we're in this kind of state. That right, would be a right. little bit better, but it's just like we're in 2030. It just, I don't know. So again, just like if you're going to build off this concept that's already been done a trillion times. You got to, you still have to put your own real good twists on it because it's been done very well by many movies. Yeah. So I can see the alternate history now. It's like, it's like two of my favorite movies are one, Logan's Run, number two, Humanity Bureau. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was going to give this a one and a half, but so we have an even score. I'll do two stars. Um, and like, I, I that, propose the rule is like if we get into a quarter score, we just round up. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Um, so feel yourself lucky here, human humanity bureau. Uh, Anthony saved you on this one, but I'm, gener- I'm a generous raider. What can I say? It's I wouldn't suggest even if you are drunk as a skunk or high as a kite i still wouldn't watch this like it's still i think i'd be like not that very much entertained so um i would say watch it just so you know what we're talking about other people should suffer too i mean listen if you prepped since we're actually announcing what we're watching um well if you watched it let us know what you think maybe you ended up actually really liking it um the one thing that Anthony did say was like, I was entertained, like I was entertained enough to uh, be, stay interested. And I agree. I wasn't bored, but it just felt like a lot of, you know, like I've already said before. So that's always the hard thing of like, was I entertained? It kept my interest, but it still wasn't good. Could have been worse. They could have been watching Captain Crowley's Mandolin. So, yeah, <laughs> go watch that instead. So, if you watched this already, or if you 
watched our or listened to our podcast and you're like, I'm going to go watch it. Let us know. Seriously, I want to know if you liked it. If you did, I want to hear why. Because, um, yeah, that was a no-go for me. It does spur some interesting questions, but not on its own merits. So, yeah. It, it postulates some good questions, but it just, like, it, the way it answers them, it just doesn't work at all. So, yeah. And again, we post all of our ratings on Letterboxd. I'm going to keep pushing this because... Letterbox, 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 yeah. box, box. I'm using it. I hope it becomes helpful for other people and helpful for us to figure out what we want to watch. So, um, which it's let's do the po- let's do a podcast. Let's do the podcast. Oh my let's god! Let's do. It's the, like I haven't like, done this before. Like, let's do a let's, not a, the a, podcast. A, <laughs> do a podcast. Um, <laughs> Anthony, have you finished your beer, or how how low are you there? Oh, I got. Let's see. I got a little bit. Yeah. So we are going to talk about there we go. Anthony, how would you rate the beer? What did you think from start to now? I would rate the from uh, from democracy to imperial. I'd rate this beer as imperial IPA. Uh, It was quite good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would put this on a. So the average on this one is like a three point. I think I said it was like a three point seven nine or something like that. I'd put this as a three point. I've, it's not, uh, so the thing it's missing for me, and I know Imperial, like Imperial double IPAs don't hit this as much. And, I, you know, I keep judging this against my favorite kind of beer, which is the New England IPA, and, yeah. but it's missing kind of that juiciness of it. Uh, and I, I, w- I would have loved it if it had a little bit, if, I feel like if it had a little bit, of, just a little shot of that, like sweetness in there, it would have made it that much better. I, not to say I didn't like it, I did like it. Uh, it's just, um, it could be better. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, ooh, excuse me, I just had the burps. Ugh. Uh, so <laughs> the average for this is three point eight nine. So I would actually give this a three point seven five in my opinion. It's really good imperial cold IPA. Um, it's very bitter. Um, I, I definitely would drink this again, luckily, cause I bought a four pack, so I will be drinking again. Uh, I'm going to keep one though. I'm going to let Anthony try it whenever he comes visit, cause he's going to come visit in September. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do a quick live or something to show people that we're together, but we shall, we shall. Yeah, they're doing a cool, like the, the cool drive that everybody I think should do, you know, that's driving the coast. So I plan on giving him some beer, so whenever he stops at a hotel, you have some beer to drink. So, um, not during, not during. <laughs> don't drink and drive, people. <laughs> um, so there you go, three point seven five. It was pretty good. I would definitely. This will be one where it's just like I want a one beer and done. That's that kind of beer, especially for an eight point two percent. That's pretty heavy. Um, I mean, <laughs> I say it's pretty heavy. But I have bottles out there that are like 13, 14% that I'm just like, I got to find friends to drink with because I'm not going to <laughs> Um. Oh, thing of the week. You have a thing of the week? My thing of the week. So I've been watching this for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, I may have talked about it in the past. So forgive me if I've, I'm just repeating myself. Um, I probably meant, I may have mentioned it during the first season, but uh, on Disney Plus. 
they've always got their show that they're releasing uh, that's like their feature show uh and the feature show that i'm watching right now that i always have enjoyed the first season of and i'm enjoying the second season of is the bad batch uh if you watch clone wars uh if you watch clone wars uh the the cartoon network and then subsequently disney plus uh series very much the same style of animation uh it's actually a continuance of uh clone force 99 uh and into their own show uh it's uh post the empire forming so it's no longer like the old republic it's the uh empire and so you have these clones uh the clone troopers uh kind of like hanging around during the uh during the empire and it's really interesting because you're learning about what happened like immediately after the formation of the empire in star wars uh, and it's like a lot of political intrigue. Uh, there's actually an episode that just recently came out that's very similar to All the President's Men, which is that movie, the dramatization of uh, the uh, downfall of the Nixon administration uh, during Watergate uh, and all the scandals that happened there. Uh, it's uh, very interesting because uh, they use that as kind of like a template to form like the transition from the clone troopers to the storm troopers. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like really, it uses like, it's like this is not I feel like this is like advertised as a kids show but it is not a kids show because I feel like kids would be bored of their minds watching some of this political stuff. So uh uh I really enjoyed it. It's some it's I feel like it's some high-minded stuff uh, uh kind of like Andor was. I feel like they're trying to turn the corner on a lot of this Star Wars content and make it more uh make it more uh oscar worthy in the future i think i think they're trying to because uh, like they've done that a little bit with marvel they're trying to get to where they can win some oscars and some awards doing these doing these movies while still right. making it like popular uh so i've enjoyed this show so far it's about i think halfway through the season uh and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna keep enjoying it so yeah uh the bad batch is a pretty damn good show so watch it check it out i concur especially if you like um Clone Wars, the animated series, and you'll love the Bad Batch. Um, I know I do, so I need to get back on the wagon. I haven't really watched anything from uh Disney Plus in so long. You only have it on Huh? You haven't seen Andor yet? I have not finished it. So Okay. No. Do it. It is fucking awesome. I know, I know. I need to. I- I've just I've been so behind on everything because of this move. And then plus we only have it on one of the TVs and I can't remember which TV. So I need to figure that out because we actually, you know, some friends share passwords with some friends and I don't remember the password. So I can't put it on other TVs or services. So. Yep, um, I can identify with that. And Netflix, ugh, Netflix, they're making life difficult now. Yeah, that's going to be rough. For some people. Luckily, I don't share mine with anybody, so. But. Whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Anthony do for other things, but not for Netflix. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I need to text you. I changed passwords to one of the ones that we share, so. All right. Just putting that on for the podcast so everybody knows. <laughs> That I need to text Anthony later. So obviously I'm feeling this beer. Um, so my thing of the week is Lincoln Park. So um, ooh, classic. Yes. So I'm a huge Lincoln Park fan. I've loved them forever. Uh, they actually released a new song 
but really? it was one that, that was never released before. So they recorded it and all this stuff, but they never released it because there was never, like they said, there was just no album for it to go onto that kind of like matched the album vibe. Okay. So it's called Lost. And really, I would suggest that, you know, if you like Linkin Park, that kind of music, go check it out. It's so, so good. I've listened to it so many times. Um, and I actually, like, I've always wanted shirt or a hoodie of Linkin Park I finally broke down I was like you know what I'm gonna buy so I've got a hoodie today I went and bought it and so I'm excited but um but yeah ever since that came out which it came out Friday well at this point that was like two weeks ago actually um I've just been on Linkin Park kick since then so um yeah so that's kind of my thing of the week is I've been listening to that song a lot. And it's just, you know, I grew up listening to Linkin Park. It was the music to listen to whenever I was a kid. And Are you so mixing some like, of the executioners in there, too? Oh, I, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, you got the Linkin Park, the executioners, maybe some, maybe some of that uh, Jay-Z Linkin Park remix going on, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's more of you right, do awesome. like the Linkin Park uh, radio station on Spotify. It mixes kind of a bunch of stuff, just like all of that. So, yeah, it's just been it's been fun to listen to. And of course, the new song, you know, listen, the only celebrity I've ever gotten emotional about the death was Chester. So listening to it, you're like, oh. I miss it. I miss Chester. Like, you know, just, but, um, yeah. So I suggest if you haven't heard about it and you're a Lincoln Park fan, go check out the music video. It's a cool music video. Uh, it's a great song and they're releasing their 20th anniversary edition pack. It's like, like 300 bucks, but it's like a ton of stuff. I really want to get it, but I'm like, I can't justify spending $300. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oof. And a lot of it's like records. I don't have a record player. I want to get one eventually, but yeah, whatever. So that's my thing of the week that was very drawn on. So, Linkin <clears throat> um, Park is a good one. Yeah, I I really uh, I no. What's your no? What is the favorite album though? I gotta I gotta know what's the favorite album is it like. Hybrid Theory is it? Uh, Minutes to Midnight is it? Uh, I forget what the second one is. Uh, what their second album was. I, I know it's the one that had Somewhere I Belong, but I can't remember the name of the album. Yeah. Um, dude, that's a very hard question. I, I would have to do Hybrid Theory just because that was the one that I first started listening to whenever I found them. I feel like every track on that album became a single. That's like it, every too. Song was like like a banger. Every yeah. song is just killer good. It's so yeah. good. But yeah, that's the first album that I listened to. And then I went back, listened to all their old stuff. And then I've just kept up with them since. So I think that's why I have to pick that one. But their older ones, like, I mean, every album has so many good songs. You know, obviously not all of them are hits, but there's plenty of really good songs on any album. So, um, yeah. So it's it's always fun to, like, put on the... Lincoln Park mix as you work and just have it going and thinking, oh man, I remember this song. Like having the memories. I'm gonna have to do a Lincoln Park listen, listen, yeah. listen party myself now, man. It's good. It's worth it. I, I always tell people, I'm like, sometimes you just need a good Lincoln Park day. You know, just especially those rough days. 
Yeah, it's like that 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 their first album came out the year I graduated from high school, which shows how old I am. So it's Ruh, like, bro. yeah. So um, it makes me that music sometimes makes me feel old, but I'm still gonna listen to it. It makes me feel old too, because <laughs> you know a lot of people don't even Hybrid Theory. A lot of people are like, oh, that that's an old album. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, don't say it's old. Yeah. That song didn't come out that long ago. It came out when I graduated high school. So right. what if I'm almost 40 years old? <laughs> um, so, Anthony, what is our next movie that we're going to be doing for everybody? We are doing next. We are doing the. Oh, this movie scares me so much. We are doing jujitsu. Yeah. I've tried this movie in the past and I did not succeed. This me, this movie defeated me and not many movies defeat me. So Anthony picks the movies for the cage fest and he picks the movie that he cannot finish. He's like, you know what? I can't finish this movie. Let's do an episode. Yeah. Let's, let's, I want to, I want to freaking eat this movie. So let's do this. It's going to be fun. It's going to, I'm going to enjoy Hopefully not tearing this movie apart. I hope this isn't one of the, like that uh, movie where uh, they were in the Crusades and it was Hayden Christensen and not Nicolas Cage at all in the movie. I hope it's not one of those. So, yeah. All I know is I watched the first ten minutes of that movie and I didn't see Nick Cage once. So, oh, see what God. happens after the first ten minutes. So, um, okay. So I obviously just tried to play the music and it's not low. So we're gonna do, do, do our do little breakdown. And we have to do our socials, right? Yeah. So everybody, uh, you can find us at Let's Do a Podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also find oh on Letterbox also. I haven't plugged that enough. Um, you can find us and on Untapped. Oh yeah, and on Tapped. Yeah, we need to awesome. write all this down. Yeah, we do need um, to put a list. I need to like a checklist and just like hang it up on my screen here. Yeah. Um, you can find us at Let's Instapod, obviously over on the Instagram. And that's it. Yeah. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at let's do a podcast22 at gmail.com. Besides that, guys, we are doing again just it just just it. Oh god, what movie? J- just it. No, just just jujitsu. Oh, jeez, I'm butchering. Uh, so, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I and I am Anthony. Let's end. Yeah.